Are you in a position where you're defined by your age and that's limiting you to pursue a dream or goal you want to accomplish? The More Than Your Age podcast is about having conversations with women who fully live their lives without being dictated or defined by their age. This is a space to encourage women who feel blocked to pursue a dream or goal based on their life circumstances. Welcome to the More Than Your Age podcast. I am your host, Erica Pazbard. Let's start living life fully and become more than your age. I remember studying in college and believing the lie that I had to know exactly what I wanted to do with my career based on my major. I didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. I thought maybe marketing, PR, something where I work with people. But really, I didn't have a clue at all. After I graduated, I worked for a mortgage company. I was definitely not pleased with where I landed at that job. And after about a few months in, I realized I wanted to find a career that had meaning where I could impact kids and make a difference in their lives. That's when I decided to go for additional education to obtain my teaching certificate and eventually become a teacher. I remember thinking at that time that I just wasted four years of school doing something that isn't related to the career I chose. And I couldn't believe that I would start teaching at 24 or 25, which is so much older than those who started right after graduation. But I had to tell myself that those years weren't wasted. I learned so many tools that influenced my teaching and personal relationships as well. I hear stories so often of people changing their major, mind, careers years after college or even just immediately after graduation. The truth is that when you find a passion, it doesn't matter when it happens, just that you go after that passion, pursue it, and use it for an intended purpose. Our guest today did just that. She chose a career path in education from working with pre-K children in daycare to speech pathology. Her goal was to get her master's degree and run her own speech therapy practice. But after some clear no's, she leaned in on a creative outlet and an old passion re-emerged. Art. Sarah Hickey is a local Dallas professional artist who took a hobby of painting for fun to an extremely successful business that has been seen in local galleries, West Elm, hundreds of homes, and all over Instagram. You will enjoy hearing Sarah's story and feel inspired to pursue a passion of yours as well. Sarah Hickey, thank you so much for joining the More Than Your Age podcast. I'm so happy that you're my very first interview out of all the interviews I could have. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Erica. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, before we get started knowing, learning about you, I think the audience needs to know that um, you and I are friends. We know each other, and we actually know each other because our husbands are business partners. I feel like they're kind of the yin and yang to one another. And we've talked before that you're like my husband, Richard, and I'm more like your <laughs> husband, Shane. So I guess that works out <laughs> well for our marriages and the business. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was actually, <laughs> something that was funny. So, um, you know, 
Richard invited you and Shane to our wedding six years ago, and I didn't know y'all at all. And I remember him saying, like, hey, I'm inviting these people. And I was like, okay, well, we have all these other people coming, so cool, whatever. And then <laughs> we get back from our honeymoon, and we watch our wedding video, and we see y'all in it. And I'm like, who the heck are these people? But then now, <laughs> then now like, six years later, we watched it because our wedding anniversary was this past weekend. We watched it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, there's Sarah and Shane. And so now it's exciting. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fun. I know. I think Shane um, met Richard like a week and he's like, I have a wedding next week. You guys want to come? We're like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. It was a yeah. really fun wedding, by the way. It was so much fun. Thank you. We enjoyed it. Well, so for people who don't know you, um, please tell us a little bit about yourself, background, um, and kind of where you got to where you are right now. Well, my name is Sarah Hickey. I am a wife and a mom of four little ones, four under four years old. I have my own business. I'm an artist, I'm an abstract painter, work out of my house, and a stay-at-home mom. Where are you from originally? Um, I pretty much grew up in Dallas since I was five, so I'm from Dallas, Texas. And your whole family <clears throat> still here. I know you have your brothers not, but the rest of your family. Yeah, pretty much we all are from here. My mother is originally from the Philippines, so I'm half Filipino. And I grew up there, you know, the first two years of my life. <laughs> I don't think I knew that. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, and your dad, um, did your dad grow up here as well? Or what? Tell us uh his background. So he met my mom in the Philippines. He was in the Marines, and he met her there. They got married in the Philippines. Actually was born here in Virginia and then moved back to the Philippines for, I don't know, almost a year when I was three or four, and then moved here when I was five. So. Why did they choose Dallas? Um, my dad is originally from Texas. So Dallas was just where we lived, came. <laughs> so you mentioned that you're a professional artist, which is part of the whole reason why I chose to interview you for this podcast. And also specifically that that's not your trick, like that's not what you studied in school. That's kind of not your background. You just kind of made the shift to do that. So before we get into more about the art and how you got there, what what was the career path that you initially intended on pursuing? So I went to school and I did my undergrad in speech language pathology and audiology. I um, graduated with my undergrad and I loved it. And I worked, I've been working with kids ever since I had my first job. So I worked as a preschool teacher for about seven years. I thought I wanted to become a teacher and I, you know, uh, applied for my interdisciplinary studies and I'm like, nope, I don't want to be a teacher. And I heard about speech language pathology and I was like, this is it. I think I want to do this one-on-one -on -one with working with kids. And um, I loved it. I loved my, my major so much. With speech language pathology, you are you have to get your masters. 
So the plan was to get my master's, but um, when I graduated my, with my undergrad, my whole life turned upside down. My parents went through a divorce at the time. The guy that I was dating broke up with me. We lost the house that we were living in. So a lot of changes happened, so I didn't go straight into grad school. I was just, I was like, well, I'm just gonna stay as, as a preschool teacher for now. And then I decided, well, I wanna get my license as an assistant, SLP, A, and I did speech pathology as an assistant for two and a half years. Worked in a pediatric home health company, worked with kids, just like I've always loved working with. I loved my job because I got to do the therapy, I got to create, you know, I'm really good with uh, spontaneity and I love creating um, and working around one-on-one with kids. So that's what I was doing as um, as my job. Now, with art, like I've always had a passion for art. I've always loved art ever since I was, you know, four years old, five. Took um, art classes in high school, took a couple in college, but I didn't think I could do anything with art. So it was just more of a hobby, but something I enjoyed doing. So I felt like I had to pick a career that I could make money. So I picked speech pathology. So the art that you, like you took classes in high school and college, the art that you focused on or that you worked on, what, like what type of art was it? Was it similar to what you currently do or was it different? I'd love to hear about that. So I took drawing classes. I've always loved drawing. Um, those are most of the classes I took. And then I, I think one year I decided I wanted to take an oil painting class. It was my first time working with paints and oil. And I was like, nope, I am not a painter. I do not like this. I'm never going to be a painter. <laughs> and it's so <laughs> funny. I'm a painter now. But I don't work with oils now. I work with acrylic paint. So at the time, I just didn't like how I couldn't control the brush as much as I can control a pencil. That, and then oil, if you've ever worked with oil, it takes a long time to dry. Um, I can't add as many layers as fast. I like working fast with my hands. So I just told myself I wasn't going to paint. I'm just not good at painting. And I put that, I kind of put that aside for a while. Well, and you mentioned that, you know, you put that aside and to pursue speech language pathology because like you can't make a career out of art um what what do you like if you could tell yourself back then what you know now what would you say (laughs) well you know there's always there's that term that's called like the starving artist and you know artists only make money when they die you know and um I I wouldn't even know where to begin. If I were doing it, I would be like, take all the art classes, figure out, you know, what it is you really like and um, try to grow your skills in that. And also, if I could go back, I would take marketing classes and learn more about the business because it's not just, you know, painting, pretty paintings, but there's a whole other, you know, business behind it as well. So... That's a really good point that you make that I think a lot of like creative people or just people who, you know, they have an idea, I guess you could call them creatives. Um, If they, 
lack the business or the marketing or like the knowledge behind all of that, it, it makes it a little more challenging to pursue whatever that art may be, whether it's actual painting or, you know, something that's, that's different than that. So I think that's, that's really a good, um, good observation that you have with that. Okay. So mm-hmm. let's go back to the speech language pathology and where, tell us where we are with, okay, you're working, you were at the assistant position because you're, you were dealing with a lot of craziness with family and life and it was just not the right time. And so morph us into speech language pathology into how, how did this career actually come about? So, okay, when I decided, when I got married to Shane, woohoo, and Shout he out. has been <laughs> one of the biggest encouragers in my life. And at the time, he was like, okay, you know, let's let's get you to go to grad school. So I was like, okay, we're going to apply to grad school. I'm going to, you know, study for the GRE and um, try to get everything set to apply. Well, I applied the first time around, and I didn't get accepted into the schools that I wanted. It's, for speech, it's very competitive. I think the school that I applied to they pick like 20 out of 200 that apply. It's crazy. It's a very competitive program. Um, So I didn't get accepted the first time and I was super bummed. So then I tried, I, you know, got my license as an SLPA and I thought, well, maybe if I had experience under my belt, you know, working, I could apply again and it'll look better. Um, So that's what I did and then I reapplied again like the following year and this time around um, I said a prayer before I went in to take this test which I'm not very good at standardized tests I'm just not I've always I put me in front of people and I'm way better in person than I am with these tests well anyways I said this prayer before I took this test I was like Lord use me where I can be most effective for you and if it's not speech then close the door like close the door and so I pray that bold prayer and I got the rejection letters once again and I was so I was so devastated I was the A student all my whole you know school career I was like most likely to succeed And so this was very devastating for me. Like, I just, you know, feared failure. And um, I was so – so what I do when I'm devastated, when I'm um, just sad, I create. That's what I – that's how I, like, you know, navigate my emotions and just, like, that therapy of art. And so one day I was, like, I just picked up a – canvas and uh, acrylic paint set this time and I painted my first abstract painting oh I painted with a palette knife too so completely different from my oil class instead of a paintbrush I picked up a palette knife and I tried it and um, it was a lot more difficult than I thought it was going to be so I'm always I've always been good at like drawing still life drawing things that I can look at and see so this is my first time creating something abstract where, you know, it's completely from my mind, out of nowhere, you know, just shapes and colors and texture and created my first piece and I posted it on Facebook 
and all my friends and family, oh, it's beautiful, you know, are you selling your painting? And and I wasn't planning on it. So I Shane's like, well, let's get some more paints and and canvases. So I got some more and I started playing around with sponges and then I started posting it again and people started seeing it. And then um, it just kind of been just a nice therapeutic hobby that I, I was still at my speech job. I was still working with my little kids in home health and I was just creating on the side. Um, what a big turning point was for me with art was uh, friends and family, I feel like can be biased with your stuff. You know, you've got all the biased people on Facebook and they're like, oh, you know, you're so good. And so <laughs> I had a, um, a friend that was, had an art fundraiser. She was needed some paintings so that she can fundraise for her trip to Ethiopia. She was going for a discipleship trip. And I had went on this trip uh, maybe two or three years before. And I knew the extent of having to raise money. And so I was like, yeah, I'll paint for your art fundraiser. And I painted all these paintings for her fundraiser. And now I, this is a very classy event at a wine bar. And now strangers were looking at my art. And they were buying my art. And they asked me, do you have a website? Do you have a business card? And I only had the paintings that were there. I thought I had no <laughs> no paintings. Those were it. And so that kind of gave me a push where it was like, wow, other people are drawn to it. Not just friends and family, but like strangers really like it. So I'm like, maybe I am good. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, okay. So you mentioned like kind of backtrack just a little bit that after you received the, basically the rejection of, of, pursuing your master's um, or getting into a program, you pulled out a canvas to start painting. Was that the first time, because um, you said you like to create, but was that the first time in a really long time or that you started working or doing art or what kind of, what did that look like prior to that moment of you creating? Yeah, I feel like I, the last time I had painted was maybe uh, three years before that, when I had took that class in college. And so I hadn't, I hadn't painted since then or, you know, picked up any kind of paints or, yeah. So it's been, it was about three years. <laughs> wow. I love one that you had a prayer, like, Lord, just take this away. I can't remember exactly what you said, but mm -hmm. it's just like a reminder. Okay. Be careful what you pray for. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's so awesome. So, okay, so you helped with this fundraiser. These strangers wanted your artwork. You were just initially posting on Facebook. So take us from this fundraiser to, like, maybe, you know, a few more steps ahead of, of kind of what your process was and, and what you started to do. So one of the girls at this event who also painted, she was very business savvy. And, and I kind of like just asked her a ton of questions. I asked if she would mentor me because she knew all the steps that I needed to take in order to make a business. So I started meeting with her and she learned, taught me how to, you know, register a business, get a tax ID, 
pick a name for your, you know, get a website and all of these steps. And um, I feel like those are like the first big steps that I took to start my business. And then um, I had another person on Facebook who owned a local gallery here in Plano and he saw my art and he's like, Hey, bring, bring your art by. And so now my art was in this gallery, this local gallery, which was really cool. Like, right. I felt like the Lord just literally opened up so many opportunities and doors for me. And it just felt like easy to walk through because like, I felt like I was being obedient to what he has presented, you know? And so yeah, that's how it kind of went from there. Um, and at the time, I was just taking little steps every day to towards um, making this kind of dream to where it is right now. Yeah, that's huge. I love that. And you, okay, so you you were in that gallery. Um, you've been in other galleries since then, correct? Um, I. Yes, yes, I have a couple, a couple other galleries. I mostly sell online, though, is okay. where, and, and, did, and social media. How did the West Elm gig happen too? And tell tell the audience about that too. Yeah, so I love West Elm and shop window shopping one day, and they had this little area for local makers, local artists, or not just art artisans, where just local makers. And, um, I was like, oh, this is, this is cool. I, so I decided to go ahead and meet with the manager and I presented her like this little gift basket of my art and was like, hi, you know, I'm a local artist. This is my artwork. Um, I would love to be a part of this local. I didn't know if they picked actual like Dallas Plano people or if it's from like all around, you know, the United States. But um, she really liked my art and my things. And so I was able to um, sell my art there, which was so cool. I got to be like the um, artist in residence for that whole month, show, sell my art in their store. And it was all, I think I just had, I couldn't remember like the fee or whatnot, but um, I could sell, you know, I maybe seven paintings and that was so huge for me because I was like wow I couldn't believe it <laughs> yeah that's like a really big deal especially like I just hearing you talk I, I remember you know around the time we first met I'm um, having a conversation with you and you explaining a little bit about you know yeah, I, you know, I've been in like a gallery here and there in West Elm, but like I, I mainly get it a lot from social media and people see it there. And um, you said, I remember, I don't remember the exact words you said, but something along the lines of, um, you know, I just like to talk with people and they get to know me. And I think what, I don't know a ton of artists, but I do know, like I went to college with a lot of friends who did study art and some tried to pursue it and some did other things as well. Um, but the thing that I've noticed about you that really does stand out about you among many things, but one is your personality and your sincerity to like really connect with the people who purchase from you and you want to know them. And you also, I think this is so special. Every painting, um, I know that you 
you, you do something special towards with that painting. Um, and can you explain what you do when you paint? Yeah, so I found my niche kind of in doing custom commissions for people. Um, I do like to create, you know, abstract things. Most of my paintings, all of my paintings are inspired by scripture. So whether it's something that I'm learning um, in the word or something that I'm inspired by, maybe something that I'm going through, I'll paint this painting. And um, I just, I started painting these paint custom commissions for people in their homes. So if they're a believer, they'd say, you know, can you paint me this, you know, painting with these certain colors that kind of go with this verse. And, um, or they would, people would just op share their stories with me and then where the painting's going to be and I'll get to create something for that space, whether it's like the dining room or the living room or their bedroom. And, um, and I love getting to meet with them one-on-one, -on -one, hearing their story and creating something meaningful for their home. So I feel like that kind of sets my art maybe apart from other artists as well because um, I get to connect to the buyer like you said. I love face-to-face -face meeting with people, sharing the inspiration, my inspiration behind it. And, and I think that that is what connects people to wanting to buy, oh, she gets to make this specifically for me, you know, one of a kind. It's not just, you know, a print or something. Yeah, I think it's really special. For our one-year wedding anniversary, I don't know if you remember this, but you painted. Of course. <laughs> and I wanted, I, we, I didn't have time to do it earlier, but I wanted to like hang it behind me and surprise you, but nobody else would be able to see it, but you would, um, but it is in our office. So it's, it's a beautiful painting. I absolutely love it. Um, so kind of back, a little bit backtracking uh, again, um, just for a brief moment. So when you were meeting with kind of your business coach and really getting the business up and running, um, what season in life were you in? Y'all were just recently married, right? We were recently married. Um, and so it was just kind of like, I asked Shane, I said, hey, can I pursue art full time? You know, can I try all, you know, put my all in this? And he says, well, you know, let's ride it out until the end of the year. And um, so I want to say I started painting for about like six months while I was at my other job. And then about six months in doing both, it was getting really hard for me to manage it because I'm like on the off my off time, I'm getting supplies and painting and it was just really hard and I wasn't able to see, okay, can I actually do this? And so I felt really blessed that I had the financial support of my husband. So I could fail if I could fail. He, I still had him to support me. Well, when, um, he gave me the go ahead, like, yeah, let's do it. I found out I was pregnant with my first. <laughs> And so I'm like, ah, oh, man, you know, I'm about to start putting my all into this and I'm going to be a mom soon. So all of that was running through my head, like doubts, you know, you can't do this. You're going to, you're going to be, if you're going to be a stay at home mom, like how are you going to manage a business and a kid at the same time? And so 
but I just kept making those steps. I kept um, doing it even though I was pregnant, you know. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had any additional fears or worries going leading up to that um, other than what you just said. I don't think – I at the time, I wasn't fearful just because I had that confidence that it was okay to fail because I had that, that um, support, you know. So it wasn't like we were living off of my income where I had to – be the breadwinner so that's where it kind of helped gave me like that leap of confidence and faith that I could do it but it's it's when I found out I was pregnant was when I felt doubt where oh no you know I won't be able to do this now so but little did I know fast forward it is very much possible <laughs> well, and then share with the audience too. So you had baby number one, and then share how soon you had number two, number three, and number four. Yeah, so Elijah, I had him in January of 2018, and I was 28, 29 at the time. Um, and then about Five months into him being a little baby, I found out I was pregnant again. So Skyla was such a surprise. My our second, they are Irish twins. They're thirteen months apart. So I had them back to back, and then Noah had her about a year and a half later. So they're seventeen months apart, and then Hayden was almost two years apart now. But yeah, I had them all. Within, like, five years, four years. (laughs) Well, and up until recently with Hayden, so with the other three and, you know, prior uh, with just Elijah and Skyla, how how were you able to manage your art profession, your career, your business, and mom life, and also being a wife? Mm -hmm. So with one, I was learning a lot on how to juggle a newborn, my firstborn. I would paint when he's napping. I would paint when he's asleep. And he was a very easygoing baby, really, really easy. And um, I explored with, like, applying to different art shows. And so I feel like that – I did my very first arts festival, got accepted in my first arts festival when Elijah was, like, four months old. And he actually went with me to the festival for one of the days. <laughs> um but so I just kept doing it while I had him. I had family and friends. I feel blessed that I have them here close by. They could watch him while I'm at these doing these festivals. And then when I had um, uh, during the busier times, I decided to hire a babysitter. So my sitter would come and watch, you know, the one and then the two and then the three. Eventually, she would be my sitter and she would come twice a week for a few hours so then I designated that as my painting time and then when my businesses got you know it it gets really busy in the fall and um, the holidays I hired an intern so then I that's how I was able to balance having kids and mom all day long you know with also art so I know you get asked a lot, like, how do you do it? How do you do so? Like, 
you're such a great mom and then you're this great artist <laughs> and how do you balance what like so kind of flash forward now to present day um uh-huh. what like what lies have you had to overcome or do you still still, still struggle with that affects your business and also like what what are you having to change or pivot in your current season right now Oh, my current season is, um, so now with my fourth, I feel like I'm at my max capacity and I'm just trying to figure out, you know, he's only four months old. So I'm still trying to navigate, you know, what is art going to look like now? Um, the three are in a mother's day out two days a week. And so typically when they're in school, that's my work time, my paint time. But now I still have this newborn. I feel like I'm just keeping up with daily everything. So I guess my struggle right now would be just like that hustle culture that we have of workaholism, where you just feel like you have to keep up with like doing all the things you know, or you're fail, you're failing as an artist. So I am struggling with that because I was so used to always like, okay, I got to be thinking ahead. I need to think about Christmas and ornaments painting. And I need to think about, so all of these things that typically would consume my mind where I feel like I have to work in order to be successful. I'm kind of taking a step back right now and just kind of in trying to enjoy the season that I'm in before I'm ready to fully immerse myself because I feel like it's just so everything is so fragile and I want to be in the best mental state in order to create because if I'm just you know overwhelmed I feel like my creativity is going to be blocked and I'm just going to be forcing myself to you know make something when I'm not ready So the pressure of culture that I feel like I have to be doing something is what I'm like currently struggling with, like, or I'm not being, I'm not good enough because I'm not doing those things, you know? Yeah. I appreciate your honesty with that. I'm also proud of you for realizing the need to just pause. And that doesn't mean that it's over. Uh, It just means like for this season, you need your, your health, your mental health, your child's health, that, that is the priority. And that when the time comes, you're going to pick it back up again and rock it like you do. And um, (laughs) you're welcome. And, you know, like a big thing, part of the whole reason with starting this podcast that I wanted to do was just highlight women who, you know, no matter what season they're in, that they're pursuing something that is passionate to to them. You know, like in your case, you had this idea to pursue speech language pathology and God said, sorry, you're going to become an artist and (laughs) it's going to be really surprising and you're going to be really successful. Um, And then, you know, and it was like, what, you were in your late 20s is what you said, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Late 20s, early 29. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you went after it and you had no idea, like you said, with the marketing. Thankfully, you met somebody who was able to mentor and coach you. And that's huge. And so I just love it. And like, and now you're in the season where it's like, no, I need to focus on myself and my children and my family. And then art's going to come back again because it will. And so I think that that's really important for people to hear too, that 
You don't have to just like hustle and hustle and keep up with the Joneses on Instagram or social media just to like look like everything is perfect um, because that's not real life. And so I just appreciate your openness with that. Um, so I have a final question for you, uh, which is kind of what I've been saying already right now, that women are oftentimes held back to pursue a dream either due to their age um, or in your case, you know, being a full-time mom, or they feel this guilt between pursuing a passion and caring for their children. So what advice would you give the woman who feels blocked to pursue a dream based on their stage of life? So I would say, you know, we all, I feel like we all were born with some sort of gift, you know, and it's kind of like what brings you joy inside. Now, it's not always going to be easy to do this gift, but I feel like if you have this little, you know, gift in your mind, you know what you're good at, and it maybe it comes more naturally to you than um, the other person, I feel like you should lean into that. And like I said earlier, take steps into it because you're not, it's not, you're not going to be that person overnight. I mean, I'm, I'm in year five of art right now. And some people can say, oh, it's an overnight success. But no, like it, it's one step at a time. So first step was to get a business license. Second step was to get a website. Third step. So whatever that is for that mom, what she wants to do, what, what she pursues, it's just like baby steps because that will eventually get you to where you want to be. I mean, if you don't take a step, if you don't even try, then you're just going to be where you are. You know? That's so true. Yeah. And I always think, too, like, and this can be applied, honestly. I said moms, but it's because, you know, that's the current, what you're experiencing right now. But it can be applied to any woman, honestly, Um, you know, if they have this gifting of theirs. Um, But, like, I've always thought, too, if you don't try something, like, are you going to look back on your life and, and regret not giving that a chance like I I I, when I was growing up I wanted to be a famous actress and like pursue that and then when I got to college I was like you know I don't really want that lifestyle Um, and then I thought like am I gonna regret this and I never I didn't really know but I just knew like I didn't want that lifestyle for me and then years later I met a friend like I don't know what five six years later or six years ago and she was pursuing acting full time and it was exciting and she had this play that she was doing and I went to see it and when I saw it, I was watching her and I was like, I genuinely am excited for her and proud of her and have zero desire to do that. And I was like, okay, that's good because now I know I don't regret (laughs) that. But I, I say that all to just say like, yes, like pursue it and try it because if you don't know, you might regret not giving something a right. chance. So, right. Sarah, thank you so much. I would um, love for you to share where people can find your artwork and find you. Um, I know right now there's a break, but they can still see your amazing products. And when you get back up again, they're going to be buying. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, so I am on Instagram. My handle is innerglowart. And then my website's innerglowart.com. So perfect and I'll put that in the show notes as well so Sarah Hickey thank you so much I appreciate you being my very first guest this was really fun for me so thanks so much thank you Erica 
If you were encouraged by today's episode, like and subscribe to this podcast and share this episode with a friend. You can find me on Instagram at Erica Shoray. That's Erica with a C, Shoray, S as in Sam, H as in happy, O, H as in happy again, R, A, E. Keep striving for your goals, live fully, and we'll catch you next time on the More Than Your Age podcast. Thank you.